Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the O2 Podcast. Tonight, we've got Andrew and Paul, and we are... Hanging in out our respective basements. Hanging out in That's our what respective we are. basements. Better than being yeah. in your parents' basement, right? That's true. At least we own these damn basements. So, <laughs> so or the bank does, one of the two, but... Yeah. What's up, man? You feeling all right? Let's, let's see. We got three days of deer archery season under our belts. You've got, what, <laughs> two hunts? I've got two hunts. You've got three what? days, yeah. Eventful. Well, so let's 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 dive let's dive off this this episode here. Thanking our guys at Go Wild. Absolutely. So I well, I was talking to to one of the the Go Wild guys today. They added a ton of products to their website today. Pretty neat. I was on there checking stuff out. They got a ton of stuff for get get you out in the deer woods, man. So check them out. Time to go wild.com. Sign up months. What do you get? You get a free $10 coupon to go wild. You get an awesome experience on the app. Freaking awesome. I love it. Uh, you know, I was talking to someone the other day and, uh, you know, we were just talking about just go wild because I like it. I mean, I, I, I like that website and what they stand for in that program, social media, all that good stuff. And man, I've said this a hundred times on the show. I'm going to say it again. If you were on social media and you won, like post hunting pictures or fishing pictures or two, your career evolve revolves around hunting industry, Andrew hunting public, those guys, I mean, they, they're, they're like, they live and die on freaking Instagram, YouTube, right? They can't even, they, they can't even put out the content that they want to produce because of the censorships that are on those platforms. Think of that, man. You're all going to end up on freaking go wild, man. Might as well sign up now, be an OG, right? Heck yeah. So time to go wild.com app store for the Apple. Uh, they are working aggressively. It sounds like to get uh, an Android program up and running. So appreciate this guys. Time to go wild.com. Yep. And then uh, also thanks to our, our friends over at first light. The uh, let's see. Oh, dude, transfer I bought the... Pack. the transfer pack is in if, as of the last time I checked. Did you let... buy it? Pope. Of course you did. Paul, does Pope shit in the woods? <laughs> of course you did. I haven't asked permission yet of my wife. She listens to this, so uh, this is uh, Monday, September 26th. Ashley, if you're listening, I would like to spend money on the first light transfer pack. And so. Ashley, as a valued friend, I would uh, say that Paul must needs he needs that. He really does. It's obvious. Tell you what, by the $40 bag I bought from Amazon is not cutting it. That thing's going to be shredded by freaking in the middle of October. That's, uh, that's why you I'll didn't get it. a deer, because they saw that pack. They did. They saw it, heard it, all that good stuff. So I I, I, I have the kiln, the Merino X kiln, the long sleeve, what, Henley or whatever, like the zip up. That thing's nice, man. I, I layered up a little too aggressively this afternoon. I, I don't know, man. It was weird the weather today but yeah it uh when that when that cold front started to roll through it was it was nice i got to very happy i had the kill on so yeah. good piece of uh of equipment right there for sure so 
So, and we're going to get into a little bit more here, but Paul, how about Tethered? How did, was your first official saddle hunt experience? So do we want to get into that now or do you want to wait until after, what do you want to do? Cause I'll dive right in, buddy. I mean, first off I'm on board. I freaking love it. That's how, that's how I feel about it. So Saturday, it was a little, it was a little rough. I luckily my son was there. I, I've sent you a video. I, I climbed up that damn thing. I got three sticks up, which was about enough for me for that first go round. And uh, my tow rope, my pull rope from my bag and my bow got wrapped around the very first stick that I attached to the tree. So, and, and I've been, I've hunted out of it twice, uh, each time about six hours. And I'll tell you what, man, it's weird. Like, it doesn't matter what you're doing. If you're standing in the same spot for six hours, like you're going to get uncomfortable at some point. Right. Yeah. What I, what I really like about the saddle is if you just like, you just change the position that you're in or like stand up or they have those little loops on your saddle that if you adjust, like where the, where the rope hits, it, it's, it's, it feels great. It's the, it's the weirdest thing. I can't, I can't explain it. So if you were apprehensive about getting in the saddle because, uh, it looks uncomfortable. I promise you it is not. I, I've i never been that comfortable on a tree stand, ever, yeah. ever. And, like, you know, so. you can sit in most – or whether you're sitting on a hard stand or even one with a cushion or whatever, to change positions, your only real option is to stand up. But in that one, you can kind of kneel. You can shift your weight around. You can yeah. lock your legs out. You can stand up, turn around. And then you can do it with a relatively low amount of – uh movement you know that was one thing yeah. when i would sit in a stand and think about standing up to stretch my legs i'm like oh basically this hunt's busted and maybe it wasn't but to me that was always a challenge you know i know so my on saturday for the opener i did a lot of sitting and i think a lot of it was just trying to get comfortable and today on my six hour sit i didn't sit one time i was leaning or standing against the tree and I, every once in a while i would just stand and kind of just stretch out and it's just like a total reset and you get back in the saddle and it's super comfy and i, th I think that the guys that tethered uh and just these saddle hunt, hunting companies in general man i think they're onto something because i've been having some back issues again some disc issues some sciatic and nerve issues dude when i get in that thing it like takes all the weight off of that off that pressure so there was one wearing point it on all saturday. the time everywhere you go yeah <laughs> so there was one point on saturday I, I didn't do it today but i had my i had both of my legs up and i had like wrapped my legs around the tree because it took all the pressure off of my back and i was like oh my god this is amazing and i just i just sat there for like 20 minutes but yeah they're onto something they should start charging chiropractors money to put people in a tethered saddle so yeah big fan i i i've learned something out of frustration every time each each hunt and I'm, i have a feeling the first you know six six to ten hunts are going to be like that uh i've stopped using the pole rope i don't know how you tree hunters man use especially like saddle hunting i don't know maybe you got the wrong rope i tried using it today i was hung up in bushes i'm like screw this damn thing i threw it in my bag strapped my boat in my bag climbed up and just uh, the pull rope is frustrating. I mean, it just flat out made me mad the last two times. So I use it to lower my bow down. And you know, the one thing that like you do, it, you do something once that's dumb. Right? I'm not doing that again. The opening day, I lowered my bow down months and I had the, I had the arrows down. Like I, I strapped the, the hook to the, to the top of the bow and, and dropped it down. That's filled what, my what, knocks up with mud. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So. Always have to go with the, uh, 
quiver, you know, head down. Yeah, quiver head you down. Where I because it's been, dude, it's been, it's been a long time since I've been in a tree stand. Oh, yeah, a yeah. long time. It's funny how so. the little things, and then like even from year to year, just having to to like remember, oh yeah, that don't do that. Like yeah. something as, as simple as that. Yeah, you know it was weird or why it was kind of neat, man. I'm 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 definitely like I'm just in the experiment phase, you know, with the with the saddle. So I'm I'm going to use hand motions for people listening to this, but my hands are level, so I have my platform. Then on the first day, I had I had like my stick, you know, foot below or whatever, so I had to step onto the platform. Today I put them on opposite, like on I was on a smaller tree, so the platform on this side, and then I had the stick like on this side. So I could step all the way around that tree and I had them level. So it was just the, the, the Skeletor step stick ended up being like an extension of the platform. And it was, that was the way to do it. I, I, I did it, you know, I, out of pure accident. Uh, and it worked out. I was like, damn, this is, this is what I'm, this is what I'm doing every time. So I don't know. I'm sure, I'm sure people that saddle hunter are like, well, yeah, that's what you're supposed to do, dummy. But <laughs> Uh, I was like, damn, this is genius. You know, what's funny is I've never done that. Um, I know you can. I mean, I'll set it up that way, but I've never used it to like move maneuver around a tree or anything. Um, yeah, where I was hunting today, I was like, I had a ridge behind me. It's very similar to where the first time you got me up in that damn thing where, you know, in front of me, I'm 30 feet above the ground behind me. I'm three feet above the top of this route. Yeah, I'm like three the eye level with a deer if they would have walked up. But there was a ton of brush. I know I, I didn't have any any issues with that, but it uh it was a good setup, man. And I had like these real tiny shooting lanes, but I had them everywhere, you know. So using that stick, you know, you let the tether out a little bit, really get kind of far off the tree. I'm getting more comfortable with it. So I'm I've got uh I think more shot options, even just the second hunt than I did the first hunt just because I'm getting more and more comfortable with it and testing the limits, you know, getting the bow out and just kind of moving around, seeing what feels good. Cause I've shot out of it, but not in a hunting scenario, you know, it's different in your, in your backyard than it is in the woods. So yeah. very, very happy with that so far. All right. So do we want to start with Saturday? Yeah. What'd do you, do? you went it. out pub. You went public. Right? I did. Yeah. In I went, morning. I went public. I went out uh, with my son, Mason. We had a, uh, I, I don't know, man, that, that first day I picked a tree that was probably like Adrian said, like the, a tree, the size of the, of a basketball and down. Right. So mine was like bigger than a basketball is way bigger. And I didn't realize this, but where I was kind of sitting, uh, the tree was in my field of view and dude, I had a doe walk. I mean, right in that field of view, it's sincere. I mean, that tree was in the way and, and it was one of those moments where I was like, kind of adjusting you know transitioning from sitting to standing and she popped up and ran off to my left i grabbed my bow i'm like shit there's a deer and uh by the time i got to like quarter draw and she just she looked at me and took off and i i ranged her 22 yards man from where the tree that she came out at 22 that's a dead deer opening day i i was i was in the tree like two hours i should have killed a deer but yeah we had a good time man there wasn't a ton of pressure out there the weather was somewhat cooperative when it when it started raining dude it was so loud man you couldn't hear anything in the woods everything sounded like something was moving and that's why it was just so noisy that 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 deer just walked right in on top of me and uh yeah i had i had no chance so but it was cool man it was nice to be uh you know yesterday or or saturday and and then today's hunt you know saw deer each time and it was nice just just being able to say okay 
I did the scouting in the summer. I've looked at these maps obsessively trying to find, you know, terrain features that I know are going to, uh, you're kind of funnel deer movement and I'm there, you know? So I think it's just for, for me, it's just a matter, matter of time and, and getting out there. So, but that was my Saturday, man. Saw, saw that. Sure. Yeah. You had a very eventful Saturday. Well, Saturday was eventful, not as eventful as Sunday, but, uh, one of the things, Paul, when, when I go to the woods, like it's always, I'm trying to learn something and it's not yeah. always good, right? You learn lessons the hard way. Um, so to anybody listening, um, all four of you out there this week, no, um, I, the property I'm on is basically an earn a buck type of, of property. You got to take your antler list before you can get to the, to the bucks which is fine. I'm all about that. No problem there. Uh, I happily take a doe. Of course, my, one of my biggest concerns was to have some monster walk out in front of me before I even had the chance to take a doe. And then, you know, the whole ethics question comes in. I think I texted you about that fall. Luckily that didn't, that didn't come into play. Um, yeah. but Saturday morning, nothing, man. I went down in this property. It's 150 acres it's basically private because it's permit only and it uh i sat in a tree it was a great morning just to get there get up get set i'm getting the, i'm getting the hang where i'm really comfortable uh you know even in the dark with with the setting sticks and getting the platform and everything set up so that worked really well shout out to jason at timber ninja because i use those sticks this week and I, those things are amazing so can't say enough good about those um so Tuesday or Tuesday, wow. Saturday morning, nothing. Went to a flag football game for the little man and then had lunch and came back out in the afternoon. And this one was more of kind of an exploratory march to a tree because I wasn't exactly sure where to go. And it's really hard to explain on this property, but there's a north end and a south end. And basically your access is from the north and to get to the south, which is really a nice way. You almost have to almost have to go all the way from the north but anyway. and you didn't have access to this property until the opening of deer season so there was no i mean you can only preseason scout from the road right correct so yeah, yeah you're going in blind it's every time really thick uh i think it's honeysuckle man it's like almost just completely dominates this one area they've got paths cut out but like um after they get through those paths it's not it's jungle i mean a lot of it and you'll find patches of openness whatever so in the afternoon i go back i end up really only about 100 yards from where i'd sat in the morning but it was i had a much different view and similar setup as far as like a creek bottom all that kind of stuff anyways again it's sad it's hot i'm just like i'm out here to enjoy the afternoon so i sat there and i don't remember what time it was but i did catch a deer off about 100 yards away, ironically, up would have been about right underneath where I was sitting earlier in the day. Uh, watched her for a while, moved through. I thought she was going to come to me, but didn't. And then there was another one that showed up as, as this original first one was kind of moving up. This other one appears kind of, I don't know, it would have been to my west. The original one was to my like south. So I see this the second one. I'm watching her. 
she feeds she's just browsing she moves a little bit to the south like to this other patch of uh brush and i mean that kind of like moves down this creek closer to me um try to see if i can explain how i explain this but paul she sat at at about 50 yards browsing and I was ready, man. I had her range find. I was range finding trees that were close, like as she's going to come in. And I've seen this before. When we were down last year on our public trip, We, I had one that just slowly browsed right to me, gave me plenty of time to think about it, set myself, call myself. Somewhere around about 45 yards, this deer essentially beelines it right at me. I mean... Not sprinting, not trotting, but just a very fast walk. And at first, I'm like, oh, cool, here she comes. And I'm kind of waiting for her to stop so I can grab my bow, I can get set, all this stuff. I realized very quickly she was not going to stop. And I don't know what happened. I don't know. The wind was swirling that day in that area. I mean, one time it would be going east, one time it would be going west. But uh, she must have caught a scent of something and it wasn't a scent that she didn't like at first. It was something that intrigued her. Because the next thing I know, that deer is at 30 yards with her nose up in the air, looking essentially right my direction. Then at 20 yards. And by the end, it had to have been about 10 yards. I've got her standing right there looking at me. And I'm holding my bow, like, waiting for that moment to pull back. She was hard quartering, too. So this would have been a tough shot even if I was sit, sitting there waiting for um, with the bow drawn and all that kind of stuff. Anyways, she stops. Eventually, then she figures out, oh, what is this thing in the tree? She busts me. Um, I was very upset with myself. And, of course, it's one of those things that's like, all right, there's your chance. You got you had your, your doe come through. I'm still in that mindset. I haven't gotten over that where it's like you missed that opportunity. That was one of your opportunities to fill the freezer, and you screwed it up. And I sat there and dwelled on it for a while. I don't know what I would have done different. I mean, I could have drawn at any point where she was coming in, beelining it to me. Um, maybe she would have busted out earlier. I don't know. So hindsight's twenty twenty, but I don't even know what I would have done. So that night, I was uh, I was pretty upset. I think some of what happened on Saturday night affected what happened on Sunday night as well. So I'll just go right into that. So I, I didn't go out Sunday morning. Sunday night, I went to this back to the same property. And I figured out kind of a backdoor entrance to the southern side of this this plot. And I went back in there. If you were following the Instagram, um, well, first of all, I apologize because I was posting things. And then all of a sudden, just kind of ghosted the world because a lot happened but the uh i find these two white oaks man these trees had been 100 year old 100 years old they were throwing acorns all over the place i'm like this there's trails everywhere there's beautiful trees to climb and to hang i'm like this is this is money spot this is going to be really good it's three o'clock i think and uh heavy wind out of the west if you remember I think we were up to like 20 miles an hour, probably gusts even higher than that. But I set up, and I'm three sticks up in the tree, and I look over, and I hear I've got some stupid little spike <laughs> right <laughs> next to me. And he had no idea what was going on. 
He was dumb. And he kind of came in. He walked right around the tree. Okay. Now, when he did get downwind of me, he decided that I wasn't cool anymore. And, you know, kind of jumped back a couple times. It was really funny because he walked right into my wind. And I had run my ozone before I came out. But then I sprayed down with permethrin, which initially that has quite a scent to it. It's pretty potent. And I'm sure he caught a whiff of that, whatever. I did my best to try to like not spook him, but to get him to move. So I'd move a little bit and eventually he kind of petered on. So then I climb up into the, the stand, I get all set and I'm sitting there and now it's like three 30 and I look over my right shoulder and I have a little window uh, of that. I can see through some brush and stuff of, I see a, a tail flicker and then I see another doe come behind her and then behind her, came a brute man i'm talking I, i'm not huge on, on scoring deer but in my mind it was a 140 at least like it had good deer four or five huge tines uh, out past yeah. his ears it might have been bigger than that i don't know but then you know i'm like oh my gosh we just hit the jackpot we are well, this is gonna this is gonna be a good night um i see him go back from the way he came and again they're kind of coming behind me so i think they're he at that point I'm thinking maybe he caught my wind, uh, but I don't know where those does went. Didn't think anything of it. I think I texted you. That was three thirty four o'clock. Yeah. Then I texted you about five fifteen, five thirty, something like that. I'm like, well, all the action died because nothing, nothing happened that whole next hour, which is you know four to five on a you know warm breezy afternoon. That's nothing to be surprised about. And then the action started. So my wife is texting me because she's like, will you ask some of our friends that, you know, that are first responders, what are all the sirens going on? There's sirens all over. They've been going for a half hour. So I'm sitting there. Did you I, ever figure that out, by the way? No, I had no idea. Huh. Um, okay. So I'm sitting there and I'm texting these guys or whatever. And, and out of the corner of my eye, I see a deer. And I'm like, oh, and it's right underneath me. And I'm like, okay, here we go. Put the phone away. And I look down, not one, but seven, Paul. <laughs> seven sevens. Let's see. There's about four bucks and three does. They were uh, all small. Had, How long did you have the damn phone in your face? I, long enough for him to just sneak in. The wind. Oh my god! You couldn't hear anything. No, you couldn't hear anything. But I looked at. So yeah, we've got. I had um, a spike. I think there might have been two spikes. Uh, a fork. Uh, a little six pointer. And then these three does, a tiny doe, and then two decent-sized ones. But the the six-pointer tried to mount one of the better-sized does, and she didn't have that. And those two does just, like, scooted. They went to my west um, and were gone. I never saw them again. So now I got these five deer sitting underneath me, and then one of them's clearly antlerless at that point. I'll say I, I figured it was a doe. Um and I, I debated, okay, because it was pretty small. Probably fawn this year. I'm not going to lie. I'm sitting there, and I'm like, okay, you need to take an antlerless deer in order to hunt a buck out here. You saw that big one earlier. He could come back through. Your job on this property is deer management and to help this property manage their herd. I eventually talked myself into, I'm going to shoot this deer. And uh, it was... I'll post a picture of it. I haven't gotten around to it because I've had a lot going on. But the deer was small. 
whatever. She's she's feeding in the acorns. Uh, first shot. So, mind you, I've got five deer underneath me. So, you got ten eyeballs that could see you at any given time. I think I was actually about 24 feet last night. So, that worked. I was a little bit higher than normal. I tried to do that on purpose. But I draw back. I've got this deer right there. I mean, it quartering away. This is going to be easy, right? I let the arrow go, and I hear this thump, and it was a loud crack. I'm like, what in the hell? <laughs> what just happened? And remember all my knock issues I had last year. I'm like, did yeah. that damn knock break? Did something, you know, malfunction? I can't – the deer jump – the little deer jumps around a couple times, but nothing – didn't spook really that bad at all. Kind of looking around what's going on. The other four didn't have a care in the world, man. They just kept feeding, browsing. like. But she's completely, completely unharmed. Yeah, nothing. Yeah. I wonder if you, like, if if maybe those Luminox that we're using, like, if there's too much space uh, in the knock, maybe, like, the bow can, can dry fire. I've, I've heard that before. So I think I know what happened. Yeah, and uh, I think I hit a, a twig. There was a branch there that I didn't really see, and what ended up happening um, was that that arrow deflected and went right into the side of a, of a mm. maple tree. It shot the arrow and the broadhead detached from each other, which I'm still not quite sure how that happened. Um, but I ended up finding the arrow on the ground, and then this broadhead lodged into the tree later the arrow was right next to where she was feeding but anyway so she hops around the other deer don't they don't pay attention at all of what's going on she moves around and at this point paul i've got them all the way around me 365 it's my the whole wind and playing your scent thing that's out the door but they also didn't it didn't affect them at all so i'm sitting there and i'm like this whole scent thing is just bogus because the night before, I know I must have smelled worse that night. She she sniffed me out good, and then but tonight I was like a ghost, you know. Um, so. Yeah, it's a bunch of a bunch of young deer versus a old mature doe. Man, that's as sketchy as it comes. Yeah, and I mean, I like to think I I did a better job at it, but we're learning, right? So. Anyway, the little doe comes back around. Now she's right behind me, dead in the wind, in my wind. And uh, I had the ability to knock another arrow uh, because none of these other deer were paying attention. I put the arrow in, draw back, and hard quartering away, I shot her. The arrow goes right through her, sitting there on the ground. I can see the Luminoc all lit up. And to anybody who doesn't ever... Uh, or hasn't listened before, or whatever. The Luminoc uh, saga with me is isn't a long one, so I still debate on whether or not I really want to use them. Um, anyways, she goes off. Paul, guess who didn't move? The other the five other deer. deer. They did not give <laughs> a two craps. Right? Uh, honestly, I probably could have knocked another arrow and shot any one of them that I wanted to. So. And I, I mean, you always tell me that my bow's quiet when we shoot, but I think that was really last night. It was, it was incredible um, how they just didn't move. 
And eventually they peter on because I'm not going to shoot these bucks. I'm meat hungry, but I'm not that meat hungry. Um, let's see. We live in a three three deer county, right? And I first and foremost fee, fill my freezer. So about an hour later, I look back again right in my wind. And I've got two very large does standing there. And I'm like, well, that would be cool if I could fill two of my tags tonight and, uh, you know, fill my freezer and, you know, as much as possible. But part of Saturday night, I think, crept in. And as these deer are coming in, 22 yards, just like yours, um, is where she was. She turns broadside for me. And it's 630. I mean, we're getting duskier, but we're still not, sun's not down yet. Um, plenty of light. Plenty of light. And 645. The She turns broadside. And I had this, I got to get a, I got a fear that I need to get over. That when I draw back, I have this idea that as soon as I draw back, they are looking at me and that my clock is running out, right? I think I've got some ideas how to fix that, but I rushed a shot on her that I should have probably thought it out way more and really calmed down, relaxed. She had no idea I was there. No idea. Um, and... Uh, yeah, so then I, I let the arrow go. Thump, hits. Heard a crack. I really thought I had put another one like in a log <clears throat> or something, but I knew the arrow went through her. So I got down after that because at that point, Paul, I was out of arrows. Uh, and <laughs> I found the little one relatively quickly. That wasn't challenge. Gutted, gutted her up. I decided, you know what, I'm, and I, you know what, when I hit the when I hit the second one, when I hit the big one, I really thought it was going to be one of those situations where the deer hopped. I thought she was twenty yards away, hopped off, was going to stand there, fall over, and just die. I really did because I didn't, I didn't hear her take off that far, you know, whatever. So I get the little one. I'm like, you know what, I can't drag both of these out at the same time. Let me take the little one out to the truck. I don't come back for the big one come I do that come back first of all I'm in a property that I'm not familiar with it's dark at this point I drug that deer way too far <laughs> like all over this hill up and did down over brick turned around oh my gosh it was it was stupid and I'm sitting there on my you know on x every and it has to like reload itself and figure out where it's at and oh so annoying but little ones away back out all right got the arrow there's lots of blood on it, red blood. I find the blood trail, and it starts decent. Decent. I won't say it was great. It's decent. And then it pitters out. After about 50 yards, I'm like drip, drip, drip. Just not finding anything worthwhile. And I looked as best I could. Um, the shot was high. There's no doubt about that. But in my mind, it's always one of these things like how can you have how can you take a shot from an arrow that passes all the way through your body and live? And I I don't know if that is true. I don't know. But it surely seems that this deer went right on her way. Um, I did go. I had to, I had to leave 
last night because I had to butcher the one deer. Uh, I had to work this morning, and uh, my phone was about to die, and I realized that if I didn't get out the hell out of there before my phone died, I'd probably have to sleep out there because I would have got lost. I had no idea where I was at. Yeah, a lot going on. It was a lot going on, and I'm freaking out about this deer. I hate that idea. I really do. Um, and, and you know, man, it was an opportunity to fill the freezer again. And then to me, I don't like failing. Uh, I, I'm trying to, trying to be positive about this and, and make it a, you know, learning lesson. And, and I've learned a lot out of this one. But I went back this morning, found the blood where, where I left off, actually found a couple more drips that were just complete luck. Um, scoured the property for hours. Nothing nothing couldn't find her so um i think if if i got part of her liver and then she's obviously dead but i was reading i was researching some of this stuff and you know one guy was talking about a liver shot and he had and how he found the deer a mile away well i don't have a mile to go and it's so thick and and disgusting on this property like you go through patches where it's real nice and, and easy, but then it gets so thick and gross. Um, and at the, I'm not following blood. I, like I was basically grid searching as best I could, but it, it's not like grid searching a bean field. It's grid, grid searching, you know, what's uh, thick, thick honey. She could get in that cover some yeah. of that honeysuckle, whatever. She, you never, never find her. No, and she could have been right by me. Um, yeah, but it's tough. You know, I I had to talk to a few people um, just to kind of bring myself back to reality and talk to Dan Johnson, and he told me a story about, I think it was one of his buddies shot a buck that when he gutted him, the buck had his lungs, the top of his lungs were black, and he had on either side of the deer, there was, uh, you know, like a wound mark, scar, and so that deer had been shot through and lived prior to dead dead tissue the black yeah. was dead tissue that's amazing tissue. and then i talked to seth down at sirius who he shot more animals with archery equipment than anybody i know and um you know he said on he he really understands sounds like he understands the, the white-tailed deer and i apologize if anybody out there gets offended or but yeah and the no man land idea and that if you hit a certain spot it is possible to send something through where they don't there's die. nothing nothing vital there right and, and you know go on if she if i did kill her you know i don't i don't like that idea uh at all but because uh, i'd rather have in my freezer than in some coyotes belly but it is it's it's what's happened so yeah um, try not to do it again, i think but. i think it's i think it's tough when anyone wounds an animal i mean i've wounded ducks i've wounded deer um fortunately i've never wounded a turkey that i know of i mean i've shot and missed i hope to god i, I did wound them but you know i think the the one thing that that you know you and i were really taken aback by this summer when we were talking or uh earlier this year when we were talking to dr ashby he talked about the wounding rates nationwide and it's estimated and he thinks it's higher but it's estimated that 60 percent with the total harvest in this country, add on 60% to that. And those those are deer that were wounded, and we don't know if they died or lived. So, I mean, a wounding rate, 60%, that, that means we're all doing it, right? And if you're not, one, you're lying. You're either lying or it's just not your time. Like, it's coming, right? I mean, I think every person that hunts 
has a story about wounding an animal an, an animal and uh it's tough man it sucks it's shitty all the way around and uh you know it's it's i i hate that that you're going through that um you said something that that when 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 you draw back you've got kind of this this idea that like you have to shoot quick you know and you said well, you have some ideas to to fix that what what are you going to try so and this is all just me thinking i did not find any way to say it solve this i'm going to draw back but instead of jamming my nose right into the nose button and getting set right away i'm going to hold that back and keep my face away from the bow and see what the animals are doing with both eyes open not you know closed and looking through a peep and trying to figure and if she is freaking out or alarmed that or she or he then i can go from i can go from there You've got a bigger sample size than just looking through yeah. the peep. Because I'm That's like last idea. night, I guarantee I pulled that bow back and she didn't move she didn't change what she was doing at all. No idea. No idea. Yeah. Um so and I know uh, the other thing I anybody out there who wants to come at me about the uh arrow setups and oh where's your big heavy arrow killing, you know, you didn't get that one. Okay. There you go. You're right. But and it zipped right through her. It did, and again, <laughs> and I, I, I shoulder. Don't understand how some how where in our body can you shoot me with an arrow and I don't bleed out? Right? Yeah. I mean, I I don't know. You shoot you shoot me maybe in the shoulder, like right here. It might, I'm going to shoot you back if you do that. <laughs> right? Um, there's got to be something in there that you would cut that yeah, would cause you to bleed know. out. But man, dude, deer, wild animals are so tough, man. I mean, I, I've done this. I've I've hit with my car a buck before, and you get out. I'm like, oh, shit, this deer, and it just takes off running. I'm like, I just hit you with 35 mile an hour. They are tough. They are just incredibly resilient, and uh, I don't know, man. And, yeah. dude, you passed. I, I have shoulder shot or high shot bucks in my bow hunting career with what's, what's Troy calling the Twizzlers yeah. and then the uh, Flappers get three four inches of penetration so you know you, you blew you blew through it yeah and I that's mean, what that's... You were, we were talking uh you know it's all about penetration so obviously that did its job versus the twizzler idea where it's like getting stabbed okay i can see how if somebody gets you know, you can get stabbed and and you know go on with your life that's yeah but if i throw a spear at you through the stomach <laughs> you're not going to survive that right. i guess so to the uh, i don't know i mean that's just and let, such a tough let's go ahead and, and talk about a plan b arrow uh while we're at it the doe that i did take down oh, hard, Jesus. hard quartering away it came in from oh. from her back ham right where you aim on a quartering away shot right yeah i think i i probably really a little, little far bit. back yeah uh it was a little bit further back than i wanted it but it came out all the way past through through her front shoulder right through Dude, did you? It looked like it hit her leg too on the way out. Like yeah. I mean, this thing went the almost the entire length of this of this deer, and all the way out. Done, all the way out. That's not a, a, not, that's a, not a big deer, but yeah, still it's impressive. It was pretty crazy. So yeah, so the I don't know, man. I, I everyone hates wounded animals. I mean, it's part of it, and that's just I I think that people that own it and uh say well you know what what can i do to be better i mean that's 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 the that's the real name of the game you know what what can i do to, to be better 
uh, you know, more practice and you practice a ton, you know, nerve management. And that's, that's something that, um, when I first started hunting, I really, I really struggled with like calming my, calming my nerves. And I still have that. I like that doe that I saw yesterday. I was like, Oh shit. This is the first year that I've seen with a bow in my hand in seven or eight years, you know? I'm not gonna lie. I I I came unstrapped. I'm like, oh my god, yes, it's gonna happen. And then it was, you know, two seconds later, she was out of my life forever, blowing at me. Uh, but man, that nerve management and and uh, some guys have it. I and you know, I've I, I missed a turkey. I missed two turkeys this year. Uh, I don't know, man. It happens to all of us, I guess. But do you think? I, and do you think it's something that as time goes on, I don't want to say you lose that. I went six years without killing a deer and I don't when know you, when you first when started, first started years ago. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. and I, I don't know how I was that patient, but now it's almost been ingrained in my brain. that Every time I have a deer with me, like or deer, deer near me, it's like, okay, this is, don't let this opportunity go, go to waste. Right. Yeah. I don't think that, I mean, that's such a, that's the wrong mentality to have because it is, you're going to get more opportunities. Well, it's not the last deer on the planet. You ain't going hungry if you don't shoot it. So, and, and I've told this to my friends, take the pressure off, man. There's no, there's no pressure and that goes for all that goes for me. I mean, I'm going to kill a big ass buck as much as the next guy or a freaking double bearded turkey ducks. Doesn't matter. Take the pressure off. We put so much pressure on ourselves as hunters and, you know, we have this, this, this unrealistic expectations, I think for ourselves, because I mean, dude, how many guys do we watch on social media or TV or YouTube or podcasts that talk about this grind that they do 12 months out of the year to kill a buck? If that's what you do, that's what you do, man. I, I like do it. I can't stand that shit for me because I've done that. And all it does is put pressure, unnecessary pressure on me. That I, I like it just it, it ruined me on it. It ruined me on it on hunting. It ruined it, and that pressure. I don't. I don't knock people for doing that. I. I freaking. I. I respect the hell out of it. You watch a guy like Cameron Haynes. That guy shoots a hundred shots a day. Runs a freaking marathon. Everything. All that dude does is grind to kill big bulls. And you got people here, and whitetail country that do the same thing. For the rest, like for the for the normal majority, and I'm just a normal guy. Now Turk's a little different. I'm a little psychotic, but with deer ducks whatever take the pressure off man just just freaking take the pressure off yourself that's the that's to me that's the number one thing for for controlling my emotions not i'm one of my best friends dude every time a duck flies in he's like, bah, 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 bah. i'm like relax man fucking relax just right. just take a deep breath there's going to be more ducks let them do their thing just relax the same thing with deer man they're going to come back <laughs> like you're gonna you're gonna miss more of them by rushing the shot i like you're gonna hit them he's not gonna recover them that's good for any of us i've got i've done it i've done it plenty but the pressure uh, man take the pressure off you know and it, like i said i went so long without getting one and then i mean how many times i sat and didn't see him and now there were so many things i was probably doing wrong i didn't play the win i didn't have my scent right i didn't have good stand location whatever food sources all that kind of stuff but now i need to i need to get in this mind i am not an expert hunter obviously by the story that i just told you but i've figured out knock on wood a pretty good i've gotten the hang of kind of how to find them and and see them and to get them in range right so two days i've been out 
two times I've had deer in range. I'm starting to get the hang of that, whether it's finding the oaks or setting up on the, you know, the different habitat edges and different things like that, going mobile, doing all the, the, the different things to help with that. I have to get that through my mind. Like I almost expect to see the deer, right? Not, Oh my God, this might be the only one you see all year mentality and, and, and just chill out. Like you said, take that pressure off and just relax. You know, for years, man, I would just, I I put no effort one because I didn't have, I didn't have anyone that, and this is before like YouTube and uh, you know, all these, these really educational platforms, you know, I didn't have anyone that really, I, I didn't have a, an experienced hunter teach me how to hunt. You know, my buddy Ken and I, we kind of learned together and we didn't put a ton of effort into scouting one because we, we just didn't, we didn't know any better. We didn't know how to do it. Well, you know, uh, we didn't have Onyx maps, the terrain features and all this stuff. And, you know, we're hunting public land in Southern Ohio and I, I don't know, man, it's, um, I kind of lost my train of thought there, just getting getting lost in that. But uh, I, you just, it's so easy to get swept up in that pressure, man. And that's, and that's what, and that's what kind of, I think does it for a lot of people. And because you're like, this is it, this is, this is, this is my moment. And if it's a big ass mature white-tailed deer, that, yeah, that might buck. I mean, that might be your only chance for the year. So there is a layer of pressure that's, that's there. Um, just embrace it, man. They're going to be there. You do what my, what I was, the point is to make you and I, man, this, this year we, we, we put the effort into, to finding places to hunt, getting access, scouting, pouring over maps, talking to people about, you know, access points. And, you know, we got some other shows coming up talking about thermals and wind currents and all this stuff. And, and it's just, we've both been on deer every day. And that's, I mean, that's, that's, yeah, there are no such thing as moral victories. It's a moral victory. Step one. So, I mean, you got to got to see him first, right? So, yeah. Yep. Well, we'll see. Uh, see how things shake out. Are you going to get out at all the rest of the week? Uh, you know, I don't know, man. We uh, we the at work, we we've got a lot lot going on. There's a big announcement today about some changes at the NWTF that that are good, all all good, but it's going to create a lot of phone calls for me uh, tomorrow. So um, I've already gotten a couple of text messages from people. We sent out an email blast today at three in the afternoon and, you know, I'm 30 feet in the dark. Wow. However high I was, people were, people were calling me and text me. That's, what's going on. So yeah, tomorrow I think will be a little damage control, but uh, yeah, I'll try to get out at some point. I, I had some issues with the OLHAP program. If you, uh, this is, I think this is important to know. So twice this week, Andrew, I tried to use an OLAP property and I filled out the form online and went through the process. It said, great, here's your form. You're going to get your email, your form emailed. Never got it. Twice, twice that happened. So the first time was on Sunday. I didn't go out because to me that, that I don't have written permission, right? If I don't have that slip to show, I'm not going down that road. Did the same thing today. I called into the 1-800-WILDLIFE. And they got me taken care of a couple a couple hours later, but they said they were having some some issues with that. So I think it's important to know if you're using an old app, man, you do not have written permission to go out uh, on those properties if you do not get that email. So that's unfortunate. Plan B. And I, I think if push came to shove, the state would kind of be able to look at uh, 
you know, and see that you filled out, looked them, you know, on their back end systems. I don't know. No one told me that. But what I do know is they told me that if you do not have that email, you do not have permission to be out there. So keep that in mind if you're using that. So good to know. Good to know. Yeah. They should they Dave Kohler and those guys, they're gonna have that squared away here pretty quick. They said they're aware of it. They've had some issues they thought I had they they, they thought I had to fix. But man, I'll tell you what, man, a lot of a lot of good properties on that program. Good. So good to know. Yeah, um let's see. Other things, enough about us, but the uh, gauge, did you see Gage Hall? Oh, yeah, Gage. Good for you, buddy. Getting it done. Our buddy up there in northwest Ohio. Good job, Gage. Congratulations. He got his first deer with a compound. Um, Yeah, hell yeah. uh, Dude, old Pops, old old Pops, old B Hall was up there. He's happy. Beef paddling some stuff, man. Oh, he was, he was, he had a a good old spread on the smoker today. So, yeah, good for them, too. The, uh, so here's Gage, some of this, this stuff. It's a little button buck, right? But, What's the gauge? She's like 14 years old or something like that. We should maybe not have to get him on here. But Brian told me he was pulling a 43-pound uh, bow. That a boy. And uh, I think he had a Magnus Stinger as his broadhead. But Okay. Yeah. So got yeah. it done, man. Look at that. Good. Good, good for him. I, so, so I, I, I had this, I had this thought today and you just, you just kind of reminded me. So got it done. So there's all these like hunting cliches. Like when you kill a deer, you're like, oh, I'm getting it done. What are like, what are, what are some of your favorites? Like of these of announcing to the world on social media, getting after it. That's another one that I see all the time. BBD got it done. Yeah. BBD big buck down. The one that freaking drives me nuts, dude, is if someone puts like, um, and I'm just going to say rage broadheads, right? That rage doing the, doing work or whatever. I'm like, God, and, and it it just it makes me laugh, man. There's so many different like I don't know, like uh, yeah, getting after it, getting it done, doing work. That's another one you see all the time. There's got there's some other just funny ones, but we all we all do it, right? Yeah, so, so. But congrats to Gage. And, yeah, uh, Gage, man, I love that. It's it's good to let's see what good else to see, man. Around the state. we've got we've got our first submission, Andrew, for the O2 Hunt Camp story. So we're going to have. Uh, a black bear story next week's episode. Oh yeah, black bear, black bear killing on next week. Tried to get it happening tonight, but uh, couldn't couldn't make it happen. So next week, first entry, first uh, first O two listener will be talking about killing a black bear. So if you have a, a successful hunt in the state outside of the state, you listen to this podcast, you want to share uh, your success, please reach out to us. Instagram the dot o two dot podcast. Go out o two podcast. Um, there's, I, I was on, so there's like a, a, an Instagram page. It's Midwest whitetails one. Right. And it's just a bunch of people sending in pictures of, of these whitetails. And there was a dude, I want to send him. I, I want to reach out to him. He shot a piebald buck, a really nice piebald buck on opening day in Auglaise County. Maybe hmm. I can't remember this dude's name, but if, if that's you, I, there's not, there's not that many piebald bucks getting shot in the state of Ohio. Freaking. I want to talk to that guy, man. Someone point us in the right direction. So we need to reach out to that guy. Let me see so here. what else? What else you got? Man, you getting into anything fun? Oh, I'm you gonna... doing any more hunting this week, or are you just I think selling I'm... grass seed fertilizer? Yeah, it's busy right now. Um, I'm you know the one thing that was really neat. I was screwing around. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but uh, I was playing with the milkweed that I got from you, watching the thermals, and it was neat, man. Like where I, where I set up in the morning, 
yeah, the thermals would just go up and over the ridge and just, I mean, just, and then that milkweed would just hit it and just ride right up over the ridge. It was really cool watching it. And then today I was kind of in the same spot, like a different setup, but, but same, same ridge, just, you know, a hundred yards down. And in the evening it would just kind of just settle right down, right down behind my tree. So awesome. and then the wind just got to ripping, yeah. ripping in a tearing. Um, let's see. I think I might try to get out thursday if I there can. you go and probably over the weekend um check out a couple different properties but yeah. i don't have a whole lot more on that any of that paul i hope to you know get a couple more does out of the way so that i can hunt and be picky about what comes through but i sure hope so man yeah i sure hope so and then i'd love to get, I'd love no to pressure get take the damn so pressure cut this, what's that i'd love to get a buck so i can cut this shit off my face no nah, it looks good <laughs> man i freaking love it uh, beards of legend.com all they made us a uh they made us a, cu- a coupon code o2 you put in o2 you save 10 percent. beards uh, of legend.com there you go Look at the shirt i got hatchet guy from beards of legend very nice yeah, i love it very nice good stuff uh so let's see let's go through all our stuff we've got the dot o2 dot podcast on instagram uh o2 podcast on go wild the O2 There's podcast. also an O2 podcast Facebook page that you can join. At some point, I will log into that and uh, and, and interact with people on there. I've got the login. Um, I will do that the moment that Mark Zuckerberg admits that he's a dick and uh, and gets off of Facebook and Instagram. So, when if Mark Zuckerberg, I know you're listening to this to this podcast. We all know you're a dick. Is, Just he, the, is he our Black Bear story guy? No, God. <laughs> I would free love that, Mark. But, dude, Joe Rogan had him freaking teed up. I'm like, dude, just slit this guy's throat. Verbally. Do it, Joe. Don't be a pussy. And he never did. I was so angry about that. And that was like the only Joe Rogan podcast I listened all the way through. I'm like, all right, Joe's going to bitch at this guy for censoring hunt and stuff. And he didn't. Not once. Mm. Did you listen to that podcast? We're going to we're gonna get a little Mark Zuckerberg here. Did you listen to that? No. You should listen to it. If you're listening to this podcast, was Click it, off. Go listen to Jerry. What's that? Was it recent? Ah, it's like a month ago. Oh. But talking about like just um, suppression of certain political stories, and we're not a political show. I'm not going to get into that. But you can make your own decisions. Uh, but just like like outright, like during the election, we suppressed these stories, and I'm like, man, that's it's kind of a big deal because at the time you said that you weren't. And here we are three years later, like, oh, yeah, no, we absolutely were. The, the freaking U.S. government asked us to do it. It's like, come on, man. Uh, so that guy sucks. Facebook sucks. I know. That's all I got. I'm off my soapbox. The, the O2, O2 podcast. The O2podcast.com is our website, and I don't have them up here yet, but we are got some new shirt designs and stuff coming on there. And finally, if you would like to become a supporter of the show, we can use all the help we can get uh patreon.com slash the o2 podcast um you can sign up there to join the pro two staff and uh yeah, pro two <laughs> hopefully we'll get some some look at these look at these hats that we got oh yeah i can really see it oh, look at that it. look at that you can't see it yeah we got the we got this these badass patches that are in on these camo dry dock hats they are so weird we got them up on the show, no time. And I got our Ohio flag logo. I like that one. Yeah, yeah I got the Ohio flag logo, the white trash trucker hat. That's my personal favorite. My wife's like, that thing's ridiculous. Take it off. I'm like, shut up. Don't look at me. <laughs> you don't get this hat. Nice. I love this hat. 
So, so anyways, pretty good. That was good. Uh, next week, I don't know what we got next week, but we'll figure it out. And uh, yeah, go. For we it. got some. We got some whitetail content coming out. We got some Ohio hunters coming on, and with the black bear killing talk. Yeah, we got some good stuff, man. You know, I I was on the. Uh, I think I don't know if I mentioned this. I was on the. Uh, the PA Woodsman podcast talking about fall turkey hunting. So if you would like to hear an episode completely dedicated to the fall turkey in the state of Ohio, please feel free to reach out to us on Go Wild. Sounds good. <laughs> no one's going to listen to that one. I'm just kidding. It was good. Okay. It was good. Good episode. All right. Well, everybody take care. Have a good week. Good luck if you get out in the woods for uh, anything. And we will talk to you next week. Leave us a damn review. We haven't had one of those in a while. That's true. Oh, God. Free shit if you review, Andrew. Oh, yeah. I just ordered some stickers, so you know it. They're coming. Stickers. eh, Throwing a t-shirt or something. I don't know. We'll figure it out. All right. Review. Take care, everybody. Appreciate you guys.